0: Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast. Hey, you guys. Uh, so, there's no new All-Star Celebrity Bowling today. Season 1 ended last week. Uh, we wrapped it up, 10 episodes, uh, with the Breaking Bad team. Uh, we will be back in a few months. So, it is coming back, because I get to make those decisions. Uh, and it's fun. I just like it. I like it a lot. Uh, so, but so in its place, um, we actually have a... The Monday show on the Nerdist channel is going to be a show called The Realm of LARP, uh, which is an, a fucking awesome uh, show about, about a LARP. So, uh, and we're not making fun of it like other jerks do. We are celebrating it because it's awesome. Uh, and the people are really sweet uh, who are on it. So, uh, Realm of LARP starts soon on the Nerds Channel on Monday. So, in so just as a, a placeholder today, to put something up on the Monday, I stuck up a video of uh, Matt and Jonah and I when we were driving from Denver to Boulder uh, to do a, a live podcast. And Matt... <laughs> breaks out into song, and it's amazing. So that's over at the Nerdist channel right now, youtube.com slash nerdist. I would like to thank GoToMyPC.com for sponsoring this episode of Nerdist Podcast. Uh, GoToMyPC by Citrix. If you want to be connected directly to your Mac or PC, that's great for you. But what if you're not at your computer? That is why you would use GoToMyPC. You can get it from your iPad and your iPhone, too. Literally all of your computer files are right in your hand, or your phone, or your feet. If you, I don't know how you operate your smartphone devices. I'm not saying you couldn't operate them with your feet, right? That your toes would work just fine on a capacitive touchscreen. So there's no reason why you couldn't use that and get all your files. Uh, you can work on any program or file or document and save it right to your mobile device. Uh, it just it just gives you freedom, so you're not always. Computers basically force us to work like machines, and this just kind of opens you up and gives you access to everything you need. So, go to mypc.com today, special 45 day free trial just for Nerdist listeners. Uh, Click the try it free button, enter the promo code Nerdist, and then you download the free app on your iPad or your iPhone. That's go to mypc.com, try it free, promo code Nerdist. Uh, This episode is Ray Romano. I love Ray Romano. Uh, He's a guy that for years I've thought was able to do. Uh, really fantastic family-oriented stand-up in a way that doesn't feel like, oh, it's bubblegummy. Like, I, I love Ray Romano. And we got him on this episode uh, with the guy who has been his touring partner for years and years and years, Tom Coltabiano, who also wrote on Everybody Loves Raymond. And then, I guess about a, 10 or 11 years ago, they shot the, they just recorded this tour sort of right at the height of uh, Everybody Loves Raymond fame. They went out and did a tour uh, across the uh, Florida and parts of the South of America. And uh, the documentary is called 95 Miles to Go, and uh, and it's super fun. So I, I recommend it. And I recommend... But not before you listen to this. I recommend this first. So here is the thing that I'm recommending. I am very biased because it's my thing. So is it all right that I'm biased for my own thing, Katie? You're just nodding. Yeah. Thank you. Everyone's going to think Katie is this weird alter ego that I made up. Yeah, just me and Katie hanging out tonight. Just silence. Right. Yeah, Katie, why don't you order the lamb? The sky's the limit tonight. Thank you, Katie Levine. Here's the Nerdist Podcast episode number... Oh, let's say 217. With Ray Romano and Tom Cotibiano. Two nice Italian boys.
1: Now entering Nerdist.com
0: So these microphones, you you kind of have to get up on them.
2: Yeah. No, I won't what? be sitting like that. Were <laughs> to the mic? I'm resting up <laughs> when we start.
0: This looks like a weird uh, trust exercise. We're trusting yeah. each other. Where you have to share... It's a sharing well, I, exercise. Actually,
3: we got into a fight and we had to go to court, and they said this. Is and what this we have was to do. this is a court ordered. Yeah. Like, yeah. Two weeks we have to live yeah, like you
2: this.
0: You just put it on your other ear, on your inner. Ear.
3: That's what I was telling
2: them. Oh my god, you guys! All right, we're Turns recording. David.
0: We He's, have started. We're on. I don't hear anything. This is it. Oh really? Yeah. You can't hear anything? I, I hear, hear anything. you. I hear. Oh, oh, oh headphones. One channel, I think it might just be one channel in those in those earbuds. Um, what is it? Seriously, is this? These that's guys have started. to stand like this. Yeah, you know it's awkward for everybody. Let's take that chair over. there. Listen, it's by order of the courts, Tom. Don't we, I don't know what to yeah, say. What? I mean, I'm not. How can I challenge their authority?
2: Why don't and we bring? Do we a sh- sh- yeah, why don't do we share? Sc- slide, yeah. slide down, slide down, slide down. Thanks, thanks. Is that because Tom's here?
0: It might be because Tom's here, but I don't yeah. want Tom to feel bad. But wait a minute, Tom is welcome. Or, or, I like or, that you've, you've is, never had more than one guest. Like that's the theory. No, we've done it before. We've we done it before. Remember. They I just stood. they just they just kind of crowd around there, Sometimes and then I assumed you've done
3: it. Before. Sometimes we'll take off and no one notices. It's great. And then yeah. and then <laughs> I take a nap underneath the table.
0: Matt will slowly just gingerly place his butt to just kiss Nick's shoulder. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, while Nick, don't worry about it, Nick. Everything's fine. Uh, and then uh, and then it's awkward for everybody. Butt kiss. But it's uh, it's really nice to have you here. I am so. Thank you. It is a thrill to have you on the little <laughs> podcast. Um, oh, thank you. Thank you. I. I remember, I think the first time I ever saw you, we, we talk about, I always talk about the Young Comedian specials, and it was the one that you did with, I think, Kindler and Janine and Judd yeah. Apatow, and I think maybe Bill Bellamy.
2: Bill Bellamy. Bill yeah. Bellamy and Dana
0: Carvey was the host. Yeah, yeah, that's, was that, did they split up the hosts that year, or was that, did Dana just host that one?
2: No, he, he did the whole, he hosted the whole show. Yeah. It was in San Francisco. No, 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 it was in Arizona, I remember. Yeah, we were in Arizona. Was and, it at the
0: Tempe Improv?
2: Um, was it? I'm ninety percent. No, sure. I think it was in a theater of some kind, wasn't it? Forty percent sure. It looks like a comic <laughs> club. I just actually you just dropped fifty percent.
3: It's on HBO Go. You can stream all those young comedian specials on HBO now. Yeah. And like, uh, I, I watch it, and Dana comes out just doing pretty much every character yeah. from chopping broccoli. He just chopping, chopping broccoli, broccoli. Does the yeah. church lady starts with Garth? Starts with Garth, and then works his way in. Can the... I
0: tell you why that's a good idea? Because his job as the host is to work the audience into a frenzy. Oh yeah, they went they went apeshit. So yeah. that's
2: that what is was uh, like seventeen years ago, maybe. I think Bill Bellamy is a father at the school now, at the school that my kids go to, and he looks exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not
3: kidding. He doesn't look like he's aged a second. He's dressing the same too, huh? Yeah, yeah shoulder
0: pads. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. like it's, his skin is is just like. It's just it's just like pottery. It's just beautifully painted.
2: Yes. And Judd Apatow was doing stand up then. Yeah.
0: And yeah. I I feel like it was not that long after that that he did not do stand up anymore and then just kind of focused on writing.
2: Yeah, I didn't see him after that. We didn't I, I our paths never crossed until that. I I don't think I had ever met him till then. And Janine Graffalo and then Kindler, of course I know Kindler pretty good. He was on Raymond. He played a character on Raymond. And it's, are we forgetting anybody? Wasn't Nick DePaolo? Was Nick DiPaolo? Oh, I think maybe Nick DePaolo yeah. was on too. Yeah, yeah.
0: It was an amazing group of people. And and but I think um right around that time is when the comedy bubble started to pop a little bit because I don't know if there were too many specials after that one.
2: Uh yeah, that probably had peaked already, the comedy boom. Yeah. Um that was I I don't know. I I also did a half hour that came after that. I think I did an HBO half hour special
1: yeah that was was like 95 it was
2: definitely after because i remember we were thinking of the uh we were trying to come up with a name for the tv show when i was filming that one that was that's the one that was in san francisco the half hour and i remember we were stuck on everybody loves raymond for the pilot we had shot the pilot and i think it got picked up and i was so tortured by the name everybody loves raymond (laughs) (laughs) And I I remember that's where I my manager was there and I was I was just obsessed with it and I was thinking about it I was in the green room whatever and Les Moonves had said Ray come up with a different title come up with a better title and we'll test it Because they loved everybody loves Raymond the name the title. So uh, I remember I I just scribbled on a uh, piece of paper like seven alternate titles and I remember walking in my... I was in my dressing room and my manager was in the agreement. I just went in the agreement, and I threw it at my manager. And he still has the little crumpled piece of hair. And, and it has where it has titles like, um, Raymond's Tree, like, like the family tree. Yeah. Uh, and then the one I like, um, Raymond, U-M comma Raymond. Yeah. Because my manager told me, J- whatever you do, make sure your name is still in the title because that was so, you know, for business reasons, it was very important for career reasons. And um, that's Raymond or all this crap. That's so Raymond. Yeah. That's so Raymond. What was the one? There was one that uh, I thought.
4: There goes Raymond. No, I don't know. I have. <laughs> it, it, by the way, I brought a book. Ray did a, we did a book on there Raymond and there's a picture of that. Scribbled oh, you
2: have piece that? of paper, you yeah, you yeah, it? yeah, which yeah.
4: looks—it looks like a mental patient is just trying to write, just a, angrily, uh, like I will yeah, give yeah, you yeah. another well, fucking he w- title. He was so tortured by it because we, we were in a hotel room in Vegas, remember? And what Les Moonves said to him is, "Look, Ray, if it becomes a top ten show, then you can change."
2: No, it. no, no. I said to him, "I said Les," and this was—we we, we did not know any—we didn't know anything about the show. And I said Les, and I was kind of just, just having fun with him, but I was saying Les. This is going to be a top ten show, and I'm going to have to live with that title for the rest of my life. Uh, just trying to trying to appeal to him with humor. Sure, it wasn't going to be a top ten show, as far as whatever. And he said to me, "Ray, if it's a when it's a top, if it's ever a top ten show, you can change it to whatever you want." And like after year two, it was a top ten, and I said, "Hey, Les, how about?" And he goes, "Well, you can't change it now. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> In two years, but I think Ray, Ray's beef was as an insecure." Comedian, if the show sucks, which most shows sure. are terrible. So Ray wasn't like, this is going to be a great show. Ray's like, it's probably going to suck. And then Everybody Loves Raymond is just such a target for
2: every yeah. well, single one. Well, even, if, even if it doesn't suck, it's such a thing. still people, a target. To, to this sandwich. day, people use, you know, well, not everybody loves Raymond. You know, if I do a movie or something that nobody Oh, loves. right. Yeah. The, the title came about, it's supposed to, it was a sarcastic comment that my brother made in real life. Uh, my brother was a New York City police officer, and I was doing stand-up at the same time. And he would humorously uh, play up the, the, the juxtaposition of the two careers, you know. And, and, you know, he'd see an award I won or whatever or something, uh, and he goes, look at Raymond. He goes, Raymond goes to work, and, and he, people cheer, people clap. Everybody loves Raymond. <laughs> I go to work and people shoot at me, and people hate me and spit at me. But everybody <laughs> loves, Raymond. and that got into the script. That got into the first draft of the script. It was that's the tone that it was meant. But nobody knows that. Well, everybody,
1: did
0: he <laughs> try to take credit for that now? Like I named that oh, show. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah. He's he he was single. He's he was divorced. He's still divorced, and he was you know going on dating at the time and. You know, he at first he was a little upset at the way he was being portrayed because Brad Garrett brought this, you know, what you know, he brought this hang doggy Eeyore kind of thing to it. (laughs) And that's not the way we wrote it. And that's not my brother. Uh, But Brad, it was magic, you know, we we were blessed that he brought that and lucky. And so he was like, my mother used to tell me, Raymond, why, why are you making the brother to be such a goofy. You know, Richard's getting teased at the precinct. <laughs> oh,
1: the, oh
0: my God! Is it the, the fraternity of cops probably yeah. had a field day with that?
2: But after after the you know, I was telling, it's just a character. It's just a thing, and you know, being a single guy and and having this connection to the show and being the guy, it worked out well for him. You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. everybody gets laid except me with yeah. fame.
4: By the way, Ray Ray's brother is so intense. He used to Do you, do you know Tom Hertz? Comedian Tom Hertz. He he he, he developed rules of engagement. Okay. Got you. Got Oh yeah, oh, I do know Tom Hertz. Okay, yeah, so he's Tom, he's
0: a, he's a big showrunner. Right, right. Yes. So very funny
4: guy, but we all played on the improv team. The outfield was me, Ray and Tom Hertz on the improv softball team. And then Ray's brother had a team, and so he brought a lot of comedians over to the softball game. And so Ray's brother would be like Raymond, we're down five runs, and your fucking friends are doing nothing but making jokes.
0: And, and Raymond, <laughs> they're comedians, Richard. What do you want them to do? We're playing softball, you know.
2: Yeah, he's intense. <laughs> is,
0: is, 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 does he have any? Does he have any awareness at all? Like, is he kind of? Is it intense? Oh, funny? He, oh, he, he's it?
2: funny. He, he's he's dry too, and he's he's since retired. You know, he did twenty years on the on the force, and he wrote a script of. Of course, he started to <laughs> write a script, <laughs> and which I was like, "Oh no, this is the last thing I want." But I mean, to his credit, he got a movie made. The movie is be in uh, post production right now. He, the, wow. some woman, raised eight hundred thousand dollars, and and he made it in Florida. And he's only three movies yeah. behind you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but he's not in the business. And now now, now he's ahead
4: of me. By the way, they, they, I just remembered this story. Ray, one, well, you know the upfronts. Yeah. Time. So Ray's there at the upfronts and it's limo and all this stuff. And we're down in the village and out walks Ray's brother in real life is on like a narcotics undercover thing. And he comes out dressed like a home. Remember this? Because Royce took an amazing picture. of. Here's Ray surrounded by limos. And here's Ray's brother looking like a homeless guy trying to catch drug addicts. No, they were
2: catching. um, You disagree with everything I say, Raymond. It's It's going to hurt my feelings. (laughs) There was was these transvestite drug things that was going on. Yeah, yeah. And he happened to be at the place where we were going for the upfronts, and it's an amazing
4: yeah. photo though because it's Ray surrounded by limos and did that make it's, the tabloids Ray Romano's sure, no, brother lives know. in
0: poverty while Ray Romano lives high on the no he, he was, was on a it was a, he was undercover <laughs> yeah. sure he was undercover Ray <laughs> Romano's right. brother,
3: transvestite drug addict yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: When, when, when when did you when did you start doing standup
2: uh I started in um i was twenty two Three, the first time I ever went on stage, uh, so that's 21 years ago, um, and but then I gave it up. You know, I I did I did kind of well. Then I bombed, gave it up for about a year. Went back, same kind of thing happened. You know, after you bomb a couple times, you it scares the shit out. Of, you know, you can. By the way, you can. Yeah. You can say, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You um, can say bombing. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Do not, not say bombing, bombing on yeah. the show. Right. Uh, uh, so say, I, count, way, I, I count my official beginning as probably like 85-ish or 84, around there, maybe.
0: What was the comedy I mean, landscape? No, no. Yeah.
2: yeah, maybe 83. Is you your first time at the improv, or the that comic book tape is 87?
0: No, the improv was the
4: first yeah, time yeah, yeah, ever yeah. on
2: stage. Improv uh, in, in Manhattan that doesn't exist anymore. Oh yeah, a lot of those great
0: improvs Don't I mean like there are still improvs around the country, but there was a there was a great club in Santa Monica and the one in yeah. New York and just all these.
2: Well, New York was the first. New York was
4: '64, and it was amazing when it's because they used to do shows till Tech, like three in the morning.
2: They say New York that was the first club in the country, but, but the argument is that Pips was Pips in Brooklyn. Well, the first. I'm yeah. just
4: saying the improv back yeah. then.
0: And so what was it? I mean, was there any sort of open mic scene at the time or was it just like yeah. you audition to get on to the stage at the improv? And then that's no, a big You deal.
2: audition to become the late night, one of the late nighters you would adi- you go on a Sunday. What happened was uh, you'd go on a Sunday and pick a number uh, one Sunday a month, pick a number out of a hat uh, in the afternoon and the, they would give out 20 spots to go on that night. Uh, audition night, and there would be 40 people there, so 20, you know, there'd be 20 blanks in the hat, so uh, when I went, this, this was the second time I tried, I brought a girl with me that I used to, that I worked with, she wasn't a girlfriend, she was just a friend, and I said, we'll both pick out of the hat, I'll have a, a, twice as many, twice a cha- double the chance of getting a number, but if you get picked, like, there's a guy with a clipboard who wants to know your name for that night. I said, you tell him if you pick a number and I don't, just tell him your name is Jackie Roberts because he's not going to remember. They're not going to remember at night. You know, this guy's just the clipboard guy. So I'll go on as Jackie Roberts. An, an androgynous name could be guy, woman. She picked the number. I drew a blank. So I had to go on that night as Jackie Roberts and I passed the audition, meaning <laughs> I got to come back <laughs> next month. But now I'm Jackie Roberts and I passed again and I became a late nighter for the first. Month maybe I was too afraid to tell him I'm not Jackie <laughs> Roberts. So I was Jackie Roberts for the first month of my career, and then I told her, you know, that's just a stage name I was using, and I'm just going to go with my real name.
0: And now this other comedian Jackie Roberts <laughs> yeah. actually gained consciousness yeah. and has has had a pretty a relatively good yeah. career. Good career.
2: That's yeah, a, that's a who writes those kind of scripts the the guy who wrote a, a adaptation. Oh yeah. Charlie, Charlie, Charlie Kaufman. Kaufman.
1: yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> everybody fested another guy did you guys oh this is a whole this is about to get off on a
0: whole separate thing did you, did you guys do Raymond in Russia? Was that your story no, no. Was the other uh, that, was, that
2: was uh, Phil Phil Rosenthal uh it wasn't even Phil Sony, who owned the rights to it for I don't know how that works uh was selling it to Russia Russia was going to take our scripts and do them. To just translate them and do the scripts word for word. For word sure, know. because there's there's no more than just
0: words. That, yes. There's no cultural well, there's no structure of, of higher of family.
4: By the way, I, I went to Warsaw into the series. I went to Warsaw, Poland and did Rules of Engagement in Warsaw, Poland last November and they didn't have if you've ever seen Rules of Engagement they have a diner scene yeah. and the first day I'm walking in and there's no diner. There's like it looks like a nightclub instead of their daily diner where they have discussions. Sure. And, okay. and so I, I said, Well, where's the diner? And they're like, Well, this is the diner. And I said, But the it looks like a beautiful nightclub and you're supposed to come in, in the morning and talk about your day. And there's a lot of scenes where like Spade will come in and drop down on the in the booth and slide over. So I said, If nothing else, you have to have a booth. And they're like, There's no such thing as a booth <laughs> in Poland. So I had to I had to write an email to rules of engagement. The, to, to Tom and say, hey, can you get a PA to measure your booth and send it here? Send it to Warsaw, Poland. And their line producer started corresponding with me and saying, yeah, I don't know who you are. We can't send this information out. <laughs> like the top Jeez. secret what a booth looks like information. And eventually they had to send it over to Poland
0: and we built like the first booth in I hope they oh. get the internet over there because that
1: yeah. would
3: solve
0: literally everything. Like, a, uh, well, well, now, what you're now, about now that culture, they have the booth. Wow, well, the yeah. booth. <laughs> their economy
3: turned around. Yeah. So There's there. still <laughs> a plaque commemorating the first. They completely yeah.
0: changed their political structure. Uh, no,
4: but what you're talking about with the cultural differences, like it. Yeah. Phil Rosenthal went over there and did *Eros Raymond* in Russia, and it became a giant hit. And is it a hit? It's a, they, they they shot every episode we did, which was 210 episodes, and they're
0: writing 60 new ones. So that's how big of a hit. So then are you guys gonna sense. do the Russian versions again
1: when, you, <laughs> yeah, when yeah, you're we're here. here. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
3: That documentary has so many like just really tense, awkward moments yeah. of just like, you know, Phil just trying to say what they should do and then everyone just hating him.
4: Well, from the out you, you haven't seen it, Chris. That one I have not okay. seen. I've seen your it's documentary. Already. I haven't so seen that yet. Yeah. yeah. So in that one, in Exporting Raymond, if you want to learn about the business, it's it's a great movie because Phil is constantly Phil who knows what he's doing. Let's say he's an expert on everyone's Raymond. There is nobody more expert than the guy that created and ran it for nine whoa, years. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> How
1: about Raymond?
4: What, you'll get a minute for rebuttal, Raymond. How about so, Raymond? So, <laughs> but the bottom line is you're watching... Jackie
3: Roberts over from, here? Yeah, yeah, Jackie
4: Roberts. That guy, by the way, like, he had a great act. But if you watch the movie, Phil is constantly giving advice it's you consulting and saying, here's how I do the Chris Hardwick Nerdish show. Sure. Yeah, okay, Chris, we'll handle it for right, you. Right? Right, we right. know how to run. And so Phil's constantly getting kicked in the balls. So that's yeah. what you were... So yeah, On yeah. the outside, it's great, because he's... It's, like, a, it's
3: it's a really... It could have been a, a Christopher Guest movie, like, of just how it just... Everything sat and, like, yeah. just... Maybe you shouldn't... And then they would, like, scoot chairs away from him. They just... It was well, a They hated him by the end. They hated him, yeah.
0: I had the opposite yeah. experience. In, I'm yeah. curious to know, going back to their point, who Polish David Spade is.
4: Well, can I tell you, they also, I'm there for a month. I want to I wanna get back <laughs> to our David. movie eventually, but yeah. I'm, I'm in Poland for a month. And uh, at the end, you have a screening for the network executives. And they're, they're really good. They were really on the ball in Russia. And they say, the, for this last screening, there are no such things as womanizers in Poland. And so... It just that sounds crazy, right? I mean, men are kind of men yeah. everywhere, sure. Because they're yeah. all
3: womanizers, so, so yeah. <laughs> that's just the way they <laughs> Yeah, are. right. It equals out the curve. Yeah.
4: So uh, they're like, We're, "I'm worried about that David Spade character." This is the president of the network,
0: who's a smart guy, he and said, they literally just meant David Spade.
4: <laughs> 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 no, but they had it. They they ended up having a guy who was a famous actor who did a great job. He was phenomenally. But their bigger concern was culturally, there aren't a lot of womanizers.
2: That's because there's no booth. <laughs> that, yeah. you supposed you to, to
4: move in, in on them when you have to yeah. screw over but instead. we
0: solved that problem excellent yeah. <laughs> call right? excellent outstanding yeah mm-hmm. all of the uh, all the pickup artists are going to Warsaw you guys yeah. like yeah. that's yeah. that's yeah. where the action no one has yeah. been
2: to yeah this is an untapped yeah. vein right. and by the way what was what, your take on the women there what didn't sign you are you
4: them? yeah the, uh, mm-hmm. what sign are you they've never heard like the worst pickup artist from America goes over there he's the king of the world and the women in Poland are Stunningly attractive, like uh, you, you know, you know, you, from doing stand-up, you know, you, hear, yo, the girls in Houston, the girls yeah. in Montreal, the girls here, and then you get there, it's kind of the same as any other population. Although I will say Montreal, Montreal has Montreal's great, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but in Poland, I heard the same thing. I heard, oh, when you go to Warsaw, it's going to be, ma-. and sure enough, like my interpreter was in. Very, very attractive, and the and the guys were saying like, "Thank God that there's just all these beautiful women because we're all very unattractive men." But, it doesn't them, but there's no, you know. So it, it was, yeah. So they, 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 um,
2: you know. Well, let me let me leave a message. Trip plan a trip to Poland. Yeah. yeah. Right. Siri, tell wife going to Jersey yeah, Shore. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, so by the way, Chris, you, so you saw the movie? I did see. It. I did see the movie. Yeah, and it's so the movie was shot. Years T- ago. Ten years ago, eleven years ago, season five of Raymond, yeah. yeah, so that's really season five is probably what I assume is about the time where you start to feel like the show's okay. We're on the air. We're not going to get canceled. You're just probably starting to feel comfortable at that
2: point. Uh, as far as not getting canceled, we kind of knew in year three probably that we were pretty safe. Because I think we were. Yeah, but we you can breathe.
4: You, you know, it's it's Hollywood, so. Sh- Shit happens quickly, yeah. and like I'm the
2: greatest. But kid. it was rolling the train. Yeah, yeah, the wheels. We were we were rolling down the track in season five. Yeah, everything was moving full uh, steam. I always wonder how you keep a show like that. I mean, I, I you
0: know ensemble casts are, I think make make a show. Yeah, and I think a lot of you know, especially during the the hey, let's make stand ups, uh, sitcoms in the 90s. That that whole thing, which you did obviously beautifully, but a lot of comics would get shows. And then they just want it to be the only focus of the show and not really have a like a great supporting. It almost felt like keeping a band together for that long. So how do you keep a band of actors who all have their own sets of baggage and egos and like, oh, well, now maybe we're famous, too. Like, how do you keep a show like that intact for
2: so long? Money. (laughs) Uh, um, Everybody, you know. The the biggest stars were the parents. It was Doris Roberts and Peter Boyle? At, yeah.
4: the, at the biggest stars when the show when the show started, began. yeah. Uh,
2: uh, I was an unknown. Brad was an unknown. Patty had had done enough more than us, but um, we were you know I was just happy to fricking do anything, anything you know. And and I was nervous as hell. I'm working with Peter Boyle and this and that, so I was happy to just to just be there. Um, having said that, you know when it does become a success, it's business. It's business. And and actors, you know, they want to get what they think they deserve. The network's making money. I make. I start making a crazy amount of money. They want to get money too. And I don't hold that against them. And, you know, there was some renegotiating stuff. There was a couple of tense uh, times, you know, where people felt they weren't getting enough. But it, it kind of all worked out. But I don't, you know, I, I just feel like that's, that's par for the course. That's just the way any successful show but, goes. But you know? I think
4: to Ray is a nice guy, you fuck, know, and so he's "You and those two guys, <laughs> right?" Don't blame that him. I agree. Not blame he's him. just saying what we're all thinking. No, By the no, way, no. we got to get a picture of these guys. It's like I love this. It's like a, a duop <laughs> team or something. That's um, great. <laughs> But Ray set the tone on the set. So Ray was never a prima donna. And Phil. Ray, Phil and Phil, Phil yeah, Phil, Phil and Ray yeah. together. It was just a set of people. So the financial stuff that Ray's talking about, it becomes there, there becomes a point, just like with the Seinfeld guy, you know, it becomes a point where it's season six, seven, eight, and they're known as these characters, and their money is coming to an end, and they're kind of oddly like, you know, Jason Alexander kind of is known as George. A lot. Uh, yeah. You know, for like he's, it's a kind of an albatross, even though you've, you pray 10 years before the show comes about, what if I could put you on a hit sitcom? Oh, please, you sure. Know, do it. So there is that money negotiation at the end where the network goes, basically, where are you going to go? And they're, the, the actors are going, can you please pay us some more? So it becomes towards the end this kind of tug of war. But as far as just personalities and on the set, yeah. great personalities, was
2: great. Ne- there was never an issue there. Like, like the only, Issue and it was it wasn't even that big was was negotiations yeah like but that's normal that's cash. the way it's supposed to be yeah well it's it, it, yeah. it's
4: weird because you're in a creative business and then it's also a business so you have right. this thing where it's negotiation time and now they say hey whoever actor you're terrible and we'll replace you in a second and there was one time where we really Brad was in negotiation and there, the call came down from CBS right Brad out of the show.
1: <laughs> really? Yeah.
4: So write him out. So we had to go in the writers' room and take him out of this script for an episode. For, for an episode. episode yeah. Because oh. they're like he's. Oh, they're he's trying not, to send a message. They're sending a message. See you later, Brad. It's it's everybody loves Raymond. Here's who we don't need anybody. But it But wasn't,
2: but, but by the way, none of those none of the cast members were expendable.
4: No, yeah. I'm not yeah. saying that. I'm yeah. saying the business right. negotiation is that's why you should name your show always your name. Well, <laughs> and that,
0: but that's because I, I started to say earlier is that that's why Ellen didn't name her sitcom Ellen to begin with because she was terrified that it was going to tank and then just drag her name in the mud with but it. But that's right.
4: everybody loves Raymond's fear. But it, it is, true. you know, you become... The you fear
2: know, just, wasn't my show tanking. The fear was just people yeah, taking using, a as a comic, first of all, the last thing you want to even think is that everybody loves you. Because the, the thing that makes you become a stand-up comic is you think everyone hates you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes.
0: and no one wants to watch a comedian <laughs> yes. talk about how every yeah so right. But, how popular
2: uh, and, and and I know and, it was done tongue in cheek and all that, but no one nobody knows know that yeah. at the beginning. Well, you
0: know from just from being a standup that no matter how ironic you think you're being, you think you're being, there is a percentage of people they'll be like why did you say that oh yeah like no well it's a fucking joke it was obviously a joke well, right. like
3: like louis ck's album like he calls his, his album hilarious yeah. and that's just kind of a like a just tempting people to yes, just say right. well this yes. is truly not hilarious
0: i think it's always funny when you're negotiating like when you get a job offer and you're negotiating i my my manager and i have this joke that the the producers and the network will tell you that you're amazing and then turn you over to business affairs and then they will tell you why you're not necessary that's exactly <laughs> so it. that they can yeah, negotiate yeah. so it's the sort of weird yeah. you're amazing but not really yeah there's a you're thousand amazing, like but you replaceable out there. Yeah, yeah at the same time and we also have this weird dynamic where it's uh, we're weird about talking about money in our culture. Like you can talk about, you can talk about the lowest salaries and the highest salaries, but you can't talk about the like if you make minimum wage, you go I make like seven bucks an hour. Or in your case, when your salary is being published, everyone like, goes Oh, he makes you know all this money per week. But if you make like a hundred thousand, it's a weird thing to talk about with people for some reason. It's only the lowest and the highest yeah. amounts. Yeah, yeah. You mean it's off?
4: I, I remember. Neil, You know Neil Brennan?
0: Yeah, very well. Okay, so
4: Neil, I remember I saw Neil at the Comedy Magic Club because Neil used to be, when I started, he was like handing out flyers at Boston Comedy Club in New York As a teenager? Yeah, yeah, in New York City. Well, his brother, Kevin, was doing it for a while, but then he was there and I ran into him at the Comedy Magic Club, I don't know, whenever it was now, five years ago or something. It's weird because all of a sudden you move to Hollywood and you can't, there's a potential to get a lot of money all of a sudden where Mm -hmm. you don't even want to mention it to people. Like, there's there's... I had a friend who sold a pilot, and she's like, "Tom, you're the only one I could call to share with, not because I like you, but because you're the only one who was earning a living, so my other
0: friends wouldn't be jealous." Well, you know? and it, and it's also yeah, because even I, I'm sure there's you know as as a as a performer, like when a friend of yours hits it big and you're struggling, you are definitely happy for them, but it's also that. It's also a mirror where you're like, "Fuck, that's what I want," and I'm not there yet, and it like yeah. it, it just gets into your head. Well, it's weird with Ray's
4: success because we like even now, some people listening now will be like, "Hey, who's whoever the guy who's not Ray? Shut the fuck <laughs> up! Let me hear Ray." <laughs> but you know, we we've been friends for so long, way before he was famous. So <laughs> he's just Ray, my friend. But then you see once he becomes crazy famous. The effect that it has on other people, you know, this weird like yeah. there's weird people who feel like they're entitled to like
0: I knew you when, so I'm entitled. Or they'll somehow. tell you that you have not. Then I'm not saying this has happened to me. It is definitely not. But or I, what I assume happens is people go, "You've changed, man." And you're like,
2: "I'm not doing this. I haven't done anything. Yeah. What did I do? Well, well, well. i the 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 thing is, once you reach that certain point, everybody kind of wants to be there with you and you just don't have time for everybody so that's the one thing i had to learn was the 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 old saying is you can't please everybody all the time i mean you you there were you know as a comic you kind of as the way i am i don't want any confrontation i want to please everybody and the one thing i had to accept in this business when you reach a certain point is that ain't going to happen right you know you're going to disappoint some people and there's nothing you can do you got to accept it and do uh, you
4: feel uh, you were looked alarmed there, Raymond,
0: at the
2: I guy walking that was, by? It looked like uh, I don't know somebody. <laughs> died looked like a guy weeks ago.
0: That guy. I that I didn't guy. see anyone walk by. <laughs> yeah.
2: I think. By the way.
4: Nobody cares looking in here. I realize they see you like walking by this yeah. glass booth that we're in. Like, people kind of like, Oh, that's Chris Hardwick, and there's Ray Romano. I don't know. What am I gonna have Also, there's Lodge, a rule
3: you know? that if, uh, if Seacrest wasn't here, you can't make eye contact,
0: <laughs> <laughs> he'll he attack you if you was do. He here? That's he true, to, by the way. Yeah. He so, did
3: his, his show from here, his yeah, and they built a whole new studio.
0: Oh, oh that's yeah, head. this was the initial. Oh, I yeah. thought he owned the building, but he, he owns probably a large part <laughs> yeah. of the building. He owns the town. But it's uh yeah, but occasionally you'll see like Joan Rivers will walk by and wave it. You're like, oh, it's Joan Rivers yeah. who still only flies out, who flies out from New York every week to do that fucking show. She's yeah. like 80 years old. Yeah.
4: That's uh, funny. By the way, just sorry, off of what Ray was saying about like you learn you can't please anybody. Yeah. And you you know, you with with certain notoriety, all of a sudden someone's writing their request from, let's say, Ray, and it's like can you speak at this charity? Can you speak? And it's like he would like to speak at every charity, but there's a stack of all these equal... For the same day, for example. Like he, yeah. like I would have friends like, I think Ray would play in this celebrity charity tournament for... Him. I'm like, he probably would want to, but there's nine other offers, and he also has a family and a life. But from their perspective it's like it would kill them to do one uh,
0: Oh, why do you hate thing? sick kids right yeah. <laughs> you're against helping children all right i'm curious i would love i'm i wouldn't love to know what happens it because as a young comedian you have this idea in your head of here's a thing that i want to achieve whether how how specifically did you know what it was that you wanted to achieve did you know you just kind of wanted to be a bigger
2: stand up i just wanted stand up. i just wanted to do stand up okay yeah. so you achieve you know like what
0: almost very, but very few people will ever achieve in terms of like making a name as a stand I mean, uh, did it feel like what you thought it would feel like or, or how quickly did you kind of go, ah, fuck, this didn't solve all the problems I thought it was going to mm. solve. God damn it. Didn't fill that hole.
2: No, the hole is never filled.
0: I thought he
4: was making a request over here. I was afraid
2: <laughs> to turn around. <laughs> that should have been the name of <laughs> I was the book. Like, smile at points. I was like, the hole is never by the filled. Way, that's the name of the next book. And if I right write the book, the hole is never filled. The hole is never filled. filled. Yeah, um, <laughs> my days uh, as a strip club manager. I don't know. <laughs> I think it sounds um, like Courtney Love's biography. <laughs> <laughs> See, because yeah. of her band. Um, but yeah, that's it, it. Is a weird thing because you're getting all this stuff and you're getting adulation and all that. And you, and that's kind of subconsciously, that's why you're doing, you know, there's that need, there's that need that makes a person get up on stage and and they want to be accepted and, and liked by everybody. And you're kind of getting it, but it, it, you know, it doesn't end though. It doesn't end. I've said it before. One hug from my father and I don't have to sit here and do this. <laughs> <shit. laughs> Didn't he hug you uh, once ever? <laughs> we, one time he hugged me. It was yeah. very odd. It, very, he very. He's been chasing that dragon was, ever since. It was, it was very. uncomfortable. <laughs> get back to
3: that place, man. <laughs> yeah, it was uncomfortable. What was uncomfortable about it, though? Uh, probably the nudity. <laughs> 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 right. the
4: the guy. Out. Well, they they were. St- I was just trying to set up a joke there, and you <laughs> guys
2: were. No, that's all right.
3: But, um, <laughs> but still doesn't work. Doesn't I don't carry through. Sorry, I didn't mean to step on your guys. I feel, am I killing your man... sight line, By the way, no, no, no. It's two fine. Man I get to look at you too.
0: But you guys are really at the, in the documentary. You at the end of the at the end of the at the end of the movie, you're coming out together and fielding questions, and uh, and it's a totally different dynamic because you're playing off each other, uh, and it's fun. It's 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 really fun in in, sure. in a way that I think stand up can be fun sometimes, but not always because you're just like having another guy out there that's your buddy. And,
4: I think oh. you're referring... So we, we did a movie you're 95 right. Miles to Go. 95
0: Miles to Go it, about it, your tour, about right. Ray's tour.
4: By the way, that's a, that's a, that couldn't be more of an indie movie in the truest sense, in that even though it's Ray, a famous guy, it was literally, we
3: took a <laughs> film student...
2: It's so funny you're saying how, how indie it is. Indie. My, my, brother, my younger brother said, well, what are you guys doing? This is when we, you were working on the extras. Right, right, right. The extras for the movie. And I go, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm working with Tom. He's making extras for the movie. It was extras for me He goes... The movie is an extra. <laughs> I th- I, actually, I think he said
4: he's doing behind-the-scenes stuff. He's like, yeah. "Isn't the movie is, but yeah. yeah." Well, the so we we, it's actually a good story if you're doing kind of if you want to do something yourself, right? So from the outside, it looks like, "Oh, Ray said I want to make a documentary, and it happened."
2: And no, I was the opposite. I said I don't I don't want to make a documentary, and it and still happened. It happened. <laughs> That's what happened. Yeah. Well, no,
4: what happened? I- I- an interesting story in that we, I, I've been filming me and Ray on the road forever. And so one year I said, Ray, let's do it for real. So Ray's manager said, okay, let's get like the Spielberg of documentaries involved. So we have a conference call and, you know, she says, okay, what do you guys And I said, well, we're going to fly to Miami and then we're going to drive every city up to Atlanta and do a tour. And she said, this I is seen
2: the documentary woman.
4: This is the documentary. Not woman. my manager. Yeah, the, yeah. Not the manager. Yeah. yeah. And so, we know we're excited about it. We're going to we're going to make it and she's like, I see no reason to shoot this. <laughs> Unless Ray gives birth to a child or walks on the moon, no one's ever going to watch. Like shitty not. And and we were like, I even said on the phone, I go
2: And I said Th- we should be filming this
4: right here. <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Should we cancel the tour also?" cuz she was just so negative. I think I know who it was that you talked to. I don't want to say her name cuz she's so big and powerful that <laughs> I don't
2: even remember who you're talking about. I don't oh, even okay. remember the conversation. Well, yeah, we're on a conference do. I call. I, do. I kinda Yeah, because R- yeah.
4: Rory Ray's manager was being helpful. It is was like,
2: is her mother famous? Uh,
4: maybe. Okay. We can talk, yeah, we can talk after. But <laughs> anyway, so I said, so I said, all right, Ray, let's do it anyway. What the heck? And so then they were going to do, he, his manager again said, well, we'll get the crew that does taxicab confessions. And they have lipstick cameras. They'll have a crew following you everywhere. They'll ch- change out tapes. It'll be great. And Ray's like, I don't. A. I don't want to do the movie, Tom. But I really don't want to have a crew <laughs> yeah. follow me around.
2: I wanted to relax. We would just finished filming. I wanted to just get. You know, my I had three little kids. My wife was letting me go away for a week. I just want to relax and, and play golf. And this guy wants, uh, you know, so so Michael I, Moore to come with us. <laughs> <laughs>
4: but Michael Moore was a like a twenty year old college student, Roger Lay, who was in a USC directing class that I took. So I I said, Roger, do you want to? go with us on the tour. So we did. he said, you just got to crouch down in the back seat the whole time and not be A
2: little seen. kid, a little, like, he looks like Topo Gido. You know, yeah, topo he's, Gido yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, um, Ray, action. Well, <laughs> by the way, he's a great kid, great kid. Yeah, he's. A, great, I, he was supposed yeah. to come. I don't know where he is. Yeah, um, and he did, and he, he did a great job. He yeah. loves
4: your podcast, though, so yeah. he was like, uh, so anyway, so we, sh- we, we shoot it, and, you know, the end of the story is we shoot it, we set up an edit bay, we edit it, Three years later, we have a big screening, HBO comes, HBO pays a decent amount of money to air it for three years. So the person HBO said, never, do not think this movie is a waste of time, they end up buying the movie. Mm-hmm. And so in, the, in between then, and I guess the, the point is here, you think from the outside, Ray just said, make a movie. So it was made and then it happened, still there's always that obstacle in the way of like... It's so hard to get stuff done, especially in Hollywood, where there's always an agent or somebody who's saying, "Don't do it; it's a waste." Of way. How are you going to, sell? you know? It's amazing.
1: Well,
2: look at the the last TV show I did, "The Men of a Certain Age." No, I wanted nothing more than for that to keep going. And sorry, that was, go. that was a good show. <laughs> yeah. too. It
0: was a good show. I had a, I had I had a friend who wrote on that show, and it just uh, it, who who uh, Mark.
2: Segman, yeah, Segman. Oh yeah, I love him. Yeah, yeah really funny guy, guy. Yeah, and yeah. His,
0: his wife Kit is hilarious yeah. too. Yeah, like they're yeah, just they're yeah. funny, a funny couple, but not in the like, look, we're a comedian, like just, yeah. just funny, just
2: funny people. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah. No. Well,
0: he he, I I just thought of a Seinfeld
4: uh, story because did you ever see comedian? Seinfeld's yeah, of course. Comedian? Okay, so great movie. If you if you're into stand-up that's a great movie for seeing. Because there you see how laborious it is and just how unglamorous it is. Ours is a much more fun road tour, like you're out of the clubs and stuff, but you also see kind of the grind of it. Yeah. But when we were shooting our movie, the guy, one of the producers, Gary Striner, is his name, He was. we were in the Comedy Cellar, and there's a scene in the movie where Ray's talking to Seinfeld. I, I'm in the booth also. Mm-hmm. And in Seinfeld's movie. Seinfeld's yeah. movie comedian. We're yeah. sitting there in this booth for a long time. And I became friends. Now, with,
2: so you know it's not Poland.
0: Because <laughs> they had a booth.
4: <laughs>
2: so automatically,
4: that's geotags. That's the second callback, and it's 45 minutes. It still worked. You know what I mean? <laughs> like in when you're writing a Raymond script, you'd be like, I don't know if that callback's going to work. Because the audience is <laughs> yeah, yeah. 12 minutes later it's and whatever. So that's an awesome. Right, right.
0: They, uh, they actually don't. Understand who shot Abraham Lincoln in Poland? <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. Well,
4: it's weird yeah. when you say Poland is a punchline already when you're there because you're like, it's the Polish version. of John Wilkes,
0: who? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I don't. I don't get it. Yeah.
2: Ski. It well, it doesn't translate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the
0: so
4: the uh, the um, the guy from Seinfeld, he said, I became friends with him, and they shot 600 hours. And I was saying to him, tell us your mistake. They were like a year ahead of us. Yeah. So I said, tell us your mistakes. And he said, the one thing that he did, which was really helpful, he said, you got to screen it for as big an audience as possible, as often as possible. Because when they sold Comedian, I guess Miramax wanted them to um, screen it for an audience. So they, you know, Jerry's like, why do we have to screen it, I guess? And they finally convinced him to screen it. They screened it at Hoboken, 300 people, 10% of the audience walked out, he said. And... They had this sinking feeling, like there's certain scenes that people are really bored by. So they had to k- kind of go back in and cut out some of the boring stuff and add the funny part because that's what you're, you're you're expecting funny when you see a Jerry movie. And he said one of the guy there were comment cards, and one of the comment cards was, "You think this is entertainment? Give me ten bucks and I'll kick you in the balls." Wow. And so yeah, and so
0: for I don't know. I don't that, know why that's the that alternative. Man was Jim
4: Norton. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> just kick you, yeah. He meant it as a compliment. yeah. yeah. That's
4: a compliment. Yeah. Well. Yeah, it's interesting cuz we we said like Ray and I were like, "Alright, let's cut out anything self-aggrandizing. Let's punish the audiences in the testing." So we tested the we tested the movie. The first version we showed was 2 hours. What you saw is 77 minutes mm-hmm. and we shot 130 hours. And it was such a lesson for, you know, right, you but, wa-
2: uh, before you go through, we should also say comedian ended up being a great movie. Oh, I love comedian. Okay. Yeah. So that that, that that's was an just amazing the process. movie. That was
4: the process. Yeah, well, the the cre- yeah. yeah, the pre uh, the process of you, if you're doing comedy, which you guys are without knowing it with those two <laughs> earpieces, <you> know, <laughs> they, if you're doing comedy, like you, it's that black box technology, which, and you learn that when you're doing a, f- a four-camera sitcom, the audience tells you, there, there is no more debate. The audience either laughs or doesn't laugh. Mm-hmm. You know, so you, you know that as a stand-up, there is no, like, I'm going to argue about how good that joke is. Well, there is no argument anymore. As opposed to if you're doing mm-hmm. a drama... You can have a debate forever about, and neither of you is right or wrong. It's like, okay, well, it's the absence of laughter is your, you know, your empirical. But I also love,
0: I, I, I felt, I felt empathy, but loved the moment when you're doing the corporate gig and destroyed, you, you fucking destroyed. And still there was a human, and you're, I would consider you one of the, Cleaner <laughs> comics in the world, you yeah. know. Like I, I, I remember seeing you at the improv like maybe eight or nine years ago, and doubled over in laughter because you were do, what you, as a cynical young comic, you made me laugh with jokes about your kids and your family, and huh. it, the joke was uh, that uh, I think it was just about how the your kid can just repeat the word ladle over and oh, over yeah, and yeah, over yeah, again,
2: yeah. entertain himself. Yeah, yeah I mean,
0: and, and and so to me, seeing this human resources person say like, you know, you mentioned oral sex, and you're yeah. like, but I. But yeah. the, well, Of I mean, the, got the that got the biggest laugh. It too, got a course. huge laugh, yeah, and yeah. then and she was doing that sort of passive-aggressive thing of like, yeah. well, it would really have been great if you didn't do that part, but everything else was fine. I'm yeah. sure it'll be fine. And <laughs> just kind of feeling so bad for you, because I know I when you do tortured. a corporate gig, they just feel like, hey, we're paying you. We fucking own you.
2: Yeah, yeah I was tortured for a while there, if you saw, and I couldn't let it go on the car ride home. And, I, it was annoying yeah.
4: me, because I'm like off of what you're saying. What was it's funny like, is
2: I couldn't let it go on the car ride home and you were trying to talk me down and as soon as you said, the woman, woman. the woman who said you were cute and I went, whoa, 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 whoa cute? <laughs> so I, all of a sudden I forgot about the... Yeah, yeah. That.
0: It's just a weird <laughs> thing as a comedian where in your mind your job is to make people laugh and then when you do that successfully and someone else goes, oh, uh you didn't do a, a great job. You're like, but I, what are yeah. you, oh, I'm trying to... Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, what, yeah. What, what you're talking about
1: in
4: the movie is what, if you don't oh. know stand-up, corporate gigs pay a ton of money. Tons. Tons of yes. money. So you want to do a corporate... They're also the worst gigs you can possibly do <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes they're amazing. And so they do, in a way, kind of own you. And there's certain comedians that just don't do corporate gigs because they're not going to... you know, They're not going to have Ray's reaction, which is, oh, I hope we're not in trouble here with that one maybe cleanest joke of a dirty joke that you're ever going to hear that right. killed. I'm really sorry. So the, 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 in the corporate world, it's like they have this feeling of like, we own you. And in a way... Yeah, they do because of
2: the but, money. I don't even do. People even know when you say corporate gig, they may not even know what you're talking about. Well, if a cut co- yeah. like
0: like like a yeah. like a you know a if an, ins- an insurance a... company wants to have a retreat,
2: yeah, they have all their employees there, and they hire a comedian to come up and entertain. But
0: but you're company. coming on to their home turf. Yeah. There's a pre-existing uh, S- conference, existing, a con- yeah. but 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 like a pre-existing structure. Of their of how they behave in their little world, then you don't know what it is. Right, and I, and a lot of times they'll come up to you and go, "Oh, you got to make fun of, uh, you got to make fun of Ralph, right? Because yeah, yeah. he's fucking loves it." And then you do, and they're like, "Oh, you shouldn't have made fun of Ralph."
2: Yeah, but I remember. Huh. In th- I remember in this one the the president of the company was up and dancing before I got on. Yeah, it was he was dancing, and the crowd was going nuts. And I was. Back but by crazy. the way, you
4: so you watching that from the outside, like how anxiety provoking is that? Because I go up and open foray and there's a t- crazy talented. Singer, it's like the worst case scenario of. Comp- you don't want to follow the music. Well, you don't want to. Fo- By the way, I just I just thought of Ray had to do the inaugural ball for Obama. <laughs> that was the worst gig <laughs> I've yeah, yeah. ever seen. <laughs> For up Ray
2: killed. Ray <laughs> killed. It was. Wait a minute. Worst gig. First of all, it was an honor, so it wasn't the worst gig. Well, who is was, he? Just was, the president of the United States. Yes, he was. He was. It was the night of the inauguration. It, but it was <laughs> I, the conditions for us for stand-up were not the best. Of course, it was a big ballroom. People standing. Yep, and a stage is here, stage is there, and they're waiting for, for you're, Beyonce. You're, I, can I tell the story? Because I,
0: I, I have to watch it. <laughs> also, technically, the president had just been notarized. <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> then yeah. that was the, here, the, the backstory is we knew Phil had met the president's wife and the wife points to president Obama and says, he's Raymond, you know, yeah, he's Ray. So we know fans. he's a fan of the fans, show. Yeah. So Ray has to, they request Ray to do it. So for like two it's, weeks, t- it's
2: televised it's on channel seven, so, it's on yeah. ABC. Yeah. So,
4: so for two weeks, we're going to comedy clubs, and Ray's working out his material.
2: I'm working on my political, because you know how much uh, <laughs> uh, of a political comedian I am.
4: So so we go down, and now here's the setting. It's a giant ballroom. Everybody's standing, but it's like a conference room. There's no seats. Everybody's standing in a tuxedo. Wall-to-wall
0: Ray, talking. Yeah, wall-to-wall PBI. In the most Ray, uncomfortable shoes they can be wearing. Yeah, yeah, true.
4: And Ray has to go out, but the stage is behind him is scrolling The Declaration of Independence, okay, as it's going to go on, he has to follow Sting and Stevie Wonder doing a song. While, so Ray now goes out after they do a... So, so imagine following... Who are you following? I'm following Sting. Okay? A dream away, Not, yeah. away, away. Ladies well, are weird. You hate it when you're like, oh, I have to follow a guy who works ha- the audience too much. No, I'm doing a superstar Legend of Rock. Sure. So now Ray has to walk out while he's doing his set. <clears throat> there's a performance of like Cirque du Soleil, people that they're prepping for. So there are scantily clad women being hoisted next to Ray on the ends of like the big velvet rope or whatever it is yeah. so now raise on stage so as he's saying so anyway there's <laughs> a scanty
2: clad girl on each side of him like, so, how about that president yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> being raised up halfway through his set they accidentally raise the curtain on Jay Z, so the whole audience turns, and is like, "Holy shit, there's Jay Z! This is while he's doing nothing to see here, folks." Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so then, so then he has to do his, and they don't mic the audience. So We've,
2: we fixed it in post, though. He
0: actually did, yeah. he actually did very well considering it was just a crazy. Yeah, but you know what? What's so what's so fun hard about comedy is. Hey, here's music. You sort of have to pay attention. Hey, look, blinking lights. Hey, there's a famous guy that yeah. you know. Uh, could everyone just listen to me? And it's very important that you listen to all the words because they really they right. really yeah. are the engine and behind the this thing I'm doing. Yeah. Well, that that, that
4: that callback that he did 45 minutes later, that works perfectly because everyone's paying attention. Like, they,
2: you missed three I words. I think I kicked the wire out. See that wire? I kind of... Oh, I power. can still hear you, so everything's still, uh, everything's still fine. Yeah. Yeah. Know, yeah.
0: Everything's still fine. The elevators stop, though. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> People just start leaping out of the windows. Well, this you know, they also cross.
2: picked me to do the um, Washington Press Correspondence Dinner when Clinton was in, and it was right after the Lewinsky stuff. And it was only year two, maybe, of Raymond, or three. three. And uh, no no political stuff in my act. Nothing, unless you know, I, I can find politics in baby poop. There's there's nothing <laughs> I can do. And I'm saying, why do they want me? That's why they wanted me. They wanted me because of they were so afraid of putting anybody else in there because of what was going on, the the scan the Lewinsky stuff. And I thought, oh but I gotta go up and and do my hey marriage and no no they want. It. And it it actually went really well. And when you watch on C-SPAN, it's weird because the audience is at mic, so it doesn't sound. But but in the room, it went really well. This is one of the. There's a lot of surreal moments in my life. I have a like the top five, and and easily in the top five is afterwards is Henry Kissinger coming over and saying, <laughs> "Very funny." <laughs> yeah, seriously. But the next day, I got shit in the uh, uh, on the internet uh, about not being political. Because that, and and in hindsight, I wouldn't. I don't think I would do it again. Because that's that's, that's what, what they the want. Thing is. Yeah, 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 That's yeah, what yeah, yeah. it yeah. is. You they know what I mean? Yeah. It's a it's it's tradition. Everybody loves Raymond, but Raymond yeah. doesn't love politics. That would be the <laughs> yeah, thing. exactly.
0: Oh, Raymond, I want to tell you, we are trying to uh, have this movement to bring booths to Poland. <laughs> <laughs> I want to. It is years from now. This will pay off. Um, I, I think it'd be really. I think it'd be really awesome if they had hired you, thinking like, oh, he's gonna do like family stuff, and then you just become like yeah. the edgiest. Like, yeah. hey smell my cigar, Mr. President. Fuck you guys. What happened? How quickly, how quickly would the career have, like, do you feel that pressure of like, boy, I just say one wrong turn of a word and
2: then that's it. Oh yeah. Well, I feel that every time I go on stage is, uh, yeah, you could, what if I snap? What if I, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But that, Uh, that, that that was a nervous night. That was the most, probably the most nervous I've ever been was going on. Uh, for the president, yeah. And for, I mean, yeah. for the uh, having to follow Clinton. Yeah. What president. are a couple
0: other of your surreal moments?
2: Wow, well, just you know, doing the Tonight Show, doing Johnny Carson, uh hosting SNL. Uh, how was the How was How was the Tonight Show?
0: I mean, I, it makes me sad that I will never. As Johnny Carson is one of the people, like many that I idolized, and it, it yeah. there's a weird kind of thing of like. And I'll never get to meet him ever, ever, yeah, ever. It's just yeah. not possible anymore. I never yeah. get to do The Tonight Show.
2: I, I got in just under the gun. I got in with, uh, he, he retired. I did it in November, and he retired in, like, was it May? May, or, May, yeah, May, 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 the uh, May, following year. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, it, it's mind-blowing because there are two things that I projected and I did it almost humorously. And one of them was being on the Tonight Show. Before I did stand up, me and my buddy Bill, I remember we were drunk, kind of drunk and we were in our kitchen. And my older brother was, you know, we, I was his younger brother, so he didn't want to deal with me and my drunk friend. And we thought we were funny. And I said to him, Rich, in 10 years, we're going to be on the Tonight Show. We're going to be on the Tonight Show. And he, he said, Yeah, OK. I go, any hey, amount of money, any amount of money. <laughs> And we bet like fifty dollars that I would be on the Tonight Show in ten years, and it probably took about eighteen years after that. And I think we <laughs> doubled to nothing every year. So I think I saved. <laughs> if, you, if you do the math, I saved four million dollars. I think. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that you... was one thing, and the other one was playing at the Pebble Beach Pro Am because I used to watch it on TV, and I was a golf crazy, golf fanatic. And I and I told my buddy another guy of mine, I go, I'm gonna I'm gonna play in that Pro Am. He goes, Yeah, there's no way. I'll I'll bet you. Uh, I'm going to play, and I gave, I gave a time, like 10 years, I'm going to play in the Pro-Am. And I had no idea how. And, and when I, but, but the stipulation is I can play either as the amateur or the pro. So I'm not saying maybe
1: I'm the pro <laughs> in 10 years. Yeah.
2: And I got to play in it. I mean, those were crazy moments that I got to realize. Well, the Tonight Show was just, I, I, I remember um, the day of the Tonight Show, I had only been doing stand-up six years, which, in, how long have you been doing it? Um, well, full time for fourteen years now. Okay, but so you know, it doesn't seem six years sounds like a lot, but in not hi- in stand up terms. Yeah, you're only just yes, figuring out who you yes, are at that exactly. point. Exactly. So I was six years in, and I guess I kind of had my my shit down. But but it, now I can look and say how much better I got after that. But um, I rem- uh, my daughter was uh, my daughter's twenty one now. And she was freaking two years old uh, and and. I remember being in the hotel. I was living in New York, so we were in the hotel, and we were getting ready to go. And I had to go take a shower, and my manager went into his room, my room. I took a shower, and this is the shower I'm going to take before I go on the Tonight Show. And I, I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, and, and I'm not, I'm not going to masturbate. There's no way I'm going to masturbate, even <laughs> yeah. though I probably, I probably should have. <laughs> right? But I'm, I'm watching, and I can't feel my arm. I'm so. Uh, wrapped up in this I started getting numb and I started to have an anxiety attack in the bed ba- in the shower remember <laughs> Calm down. I get out and we get into the limo and I can't it, I can't shake it and I'm like this is gonna be a disaster This is gonna be horrible and we drove about a block and a half away from the hotel and I And I'm I'm freaking out and I didn't I you know, you know your little crib sheet with yeah, all your notes. Yes. I left it in the hotel I go, oh shit, Rory! I left my note. I mean, I knew the set. I'd, I'd done the set a million times, but you still you want that paper? Yeah. I go, no, 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 stop! And he stopped the car, and I ran back to the hotel for a block, full speed. Ran, ran back, and somehow that that ex, that physical release somehow calmed me down, and I was able to get through it. But I, I was literally close to having a breakdown before getting there. But that was, I kind of got into this zone just from that run back and forth, and I was able to do it. And again, it's still when you're there, it goes like that and you don't remember doing it. Um and it went well. It wasn't it wasn't like one of these uh, uh you can't stop talking about the sets and he calls you over, but it went really, really well. And Johnny gave me the um gave me this. You know, yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. And then afterwards he I'm in my dressing room and I get a knock on the dressing room door. And I'm like, "How did it go? How did it sound?" And Ed comes in first. Oh, that was pretty good stuff, son. You know, <laughs> yeah. And oh, thank you, thank you. That felt good. And then, and then it was Johnny, and he said, uh, he shook my hand. He goes, "You got to be happy with that." I go, oh, "Thanks." You got to be real happy with that. I go, "Oh, thank you so much." And he left, and that was it. That was my whole interaction. Wow. And yeah, it was. It was just.
0: But what's so interesting crazy. about Johnny is that. Everyone, even you doing the A okay to a comedian, everyone knows that means like, oh, that's the thumbs up from the emperor. Yes, that you just got that anything he said or did was there was like us this sub language of like this means this and this means this. And if he said, and if he looks you in one eye, that yeah, means yeah. this. And yeah. so, and, and he's just probably living his fucking life, but everyone's created this whole mythos around how he what what he really means you by know, everything. Drew,
2: Drew Carey did it the week before me. And that was supposed to be my spot. And uh, a couple of weeks before, they said, can you do the week after we're, in, we're doing Drew? And I go, yeah, yeah. And Drew got called over. Oh, he cried. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I remember calling Drew after and go, you son of a bitch, that was my spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: Drew. Yeah. Drew's one of the guys that's like, yeah, yeah, I did The Tonight Show on Friday, and by Monday, I had a career. Yeah. Stop. By the way, I... Do you, do you, I I happened to be in L.A.
4: when I yeah. was doing Carson, and so we went out the night before, and we we know each other from playing on the softball team, and we we went out, we we watched Carson say Ray's name.
2: Well, let's say first you're leaving out one fact. We went to and doesn't matter. We went to a strip club. We went to the <laughs> we went to the body shop or whatever, and I remember.
4: We were with I, Mike, Rowe, me, you, Mike Rowe, couple of the guys, couple of the guys. Not yeah.
0: not, Mike, not Mike Rowe, the dirty jobs guy. There's another writer, Mike Rowe. Comedian Mike Rowe, right yeah. for it was a
2: stand-up. Oh wait, Mike Rowe's got a twins now. You're 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 outing him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: like no one's ever been. Okay, uh, wh- whatever. We'll but do anyway. damage control later.
2: But anyway, um, <laughs> and you know we're just trying to pass the time, keep my mind off it, and there's naked women in front of me, but. We, i say let's get back just to get to the hotel to hear Johnny say <laughs> tomorrow night we got oh that's so awesome. we left we left some pretty good looking naked women
4: well and, and I remember <laughs> so i I go back to his room by the way there's 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 will Torbett, our editor right there you just know, he back. Lo- well he lo- you know I, I gotta be honest this podcast for the big publicity campaign for the movie he the like my editor who's Twenty-four-year-old mm-hmm. graduate in film, he's like you got to do the Nerdist, you know. And of course, yeah. for for that, they're like the nerd. Well, you know, there's a weird sure. like. So we and this is like a great show for us to do, I think, to to be able to have this type of conversation where Ray opens up because the other
1: stuff.
2: Everything I've said, here, I've said a hundred yeah. times. No, Not no. yet. Yeah. Not j- no, there's actually
4: one story he said I've never heard. You know, Ray and I lived Which together one? for a year. Um. The story about oh, the, I'll bet you, betting your friend. I'll be, uh, we'll be on the Tonight Show in 10 years. I never told you that. You never, or, or yeah. I, or I tuned out because yeah. it was so boring. Yeah. But the, yeah. uh, uh, but so he, yeah, just point. so without that kind of push, I don't know that this would have been on the radar of the publicist.
0: Sure. You know, to do it. So they're starting to realize, like, hey, you know, podcasts are a pretty fun, you know, good way to. But, the, the the the
4: truth is, I think th- you guys have these dedicated fans who really listen. And when we like we did the the morning zoo type of tour, and it's just five, it's terrible. You oh, know I, I, mean?
0: can s- I can I see I could just because I know the stare because I've done it before, but right. Not not as much as you, Ray, but just watching the hotel room in the documentary when you're doing the call-ins to the radios, right. and it's just like yes. Uh-huh. Oh uh, yeah, uh, you got me there. Well, you know, it, just
4: it, the... it, yeah, in the movie he's in his underwear, and it's like 6 a.m. You have to get up and and do this thing, and they're not really like it's the opposite of this. Hey, uh, hey, there. Ray, you ever yeah, see yeah. Uh, Doris <laughs> Roberts' boobs? You ever take those out? He's yeah.
0: <laughs> oh please, please just kill me. So I please literally can kill me. It,
4: well, for this I had to. I said to Ray, I said Ray, let's do this. Like it's a fun thing where you can just talk, and there's no and they really are students of comedy and stuff and have yeah. good things so that you know and it it's, and i said is there a, you like said a fruit please wait no. or
2: anything and no, 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 no. Nothing. no nothing, like, nothing, nothing like at all. that we,
3: yeah. i got Look you around. a warm greeting that was <laughs> pretty guy good in the well, corner for me cause... i thought it was a pretty oh, warm yeah. Yeah. greeting oh yeah better than grapes you did yeah. come better out better than and cantaloupe. Yeah. Yeah.
0: i want to yeah, sure. i I wanted, you, I wanted you to i i kind of wanted you to explain a little bit more cuz i think i know what you're talking about and you referenced it twice in the documentary in 95 miles ago but you say like Oh, I had one of those mind bets yeah. with myself where if I finished this puzzle by a certain amount of time, then I wouldn't play golf. So what
2: is it? Could you as, ex- as we speak. Uh, this is on my life. I, I don't want to say bad things, but this is a, I'm swearing to you on my life. As we speak. What time is it? 106. I have 30 minutes until my recent mind bet expires. What is it? My kiss, penalty, kiss my a host. penalty expires. No. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <So> yeah. <laughs> right now, I, I went golfing two days ago, Yeah. and I said if I break a ninety, ninety, I, I always write on the card what the what the go, target is, and it was ninety two, and I I was horrible, and the penalty is forty eight hours from the minute I hit my last putt of no TV, no, no golf, no betting on the. I was betting on the. um Bonies? Uh, dogs, No, no, the uh, the playoffs, the playoffs. <laughs> I can't be on the playoffs. Uh, I can't watch TV in bed, and I can't watch TV in my uh, office. Um, and I was 135 when I walked off the golf course. So soon, I'm going right from here to the golf course. So it's time <laughs> yeah. I seriously am. Um, A
4: bookie jumps into Ray's
2: car as he drives <laughs> to the golf Ray, course. Ray, I so couldn't help like,
3: but
0: notice it's okay for you to again. bet again. Yeah, what yeah. do you like in game seven?
2: Well, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I make these mind bets because it. it uh, it keeps me out of trouble, it keeps me, uh, you know. I back in the day, I bet too much, uh, real, real money. Oh, okay, yeah, and but that was back before I had money, thank god. Uh, and I found this kind of way to fill the hole, as we say. I'm calling back <sighs> that one, yeah, it is, yeah, fill the hole, call uh, fill that spot in the but booth. it gets crazy because, as you see in the movie, I, I gotta watch TV in this guy's room because I lost the. Mm, the privilege of watching TV in my room. um it, it,
4: and, It's weird because knowing ga- knowing gamblers that that feeling that you get. Yeah. In other words, from the outside, if you I don't gamble, I don't. It just doesn't interest me. It's just like you know. He gets such a charge from gambling, and it's obviously not about the money in any way. for Sure.
2: I get the same thing for the mind bets. The when I do the well, mind bets on the golf course, uh, I'm. It's like I got a million dollars on them.
0: But it's interesting that you figured out a way to kind of harness that to and save
2: my wife's money. <laughs> <That's
3: laughs> Norm McDonald talks, talks it about is. that a lot, like uh, like doing weird little bets to get away from betting it, it, big money. It's
4: like an OCD, like controlling your universe type of overall global. I'll tell you the
2: story. I I've limited it to forty eight hours, the penalty, the loss, because I used to it used to be no parameters on it, and I used to say. You know, if I don't break 100, I can't uh, watch TV until July, you know, whatever. <laughs> and I would fucking ruin my summer. Because <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs> you stick to the bet. You have to. Oh,
2: there's no going back. That's what people say. Why don't you just go back on it? I go, no, no, that's not because I, you know, I hold my hand. I swear to God and everything. I go, no, there's no going back. That's too. I'm too karma, you know, conscious. Um, and I found I, I wasn't able to... Watch TV in bed was the was the loss, and by that I meant when I go to sleep. So leaning back on my pillows, so I found a loophole <laughs> that if I lean up in bed, I'm I'm technically I'm not breaking my 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 bet, I promise. But by the way, it sounds like hey, that's great. You know how annoying it is. It's midnight and you're laying in bed. And you got to sit up and watch it. You just want to lay back and kick back and help fall asleep. I have to sit up and watch the freaking whole show. And then one night, I'm like, oh, Christ, this is is torture. And my wife got in bed, and she says, I want to watch The Sopranos. And I go, oh, well... I started thinking, well, this is her doing it. Well, I yeah. So technically, I'm just a passenger here. It's not so your I, fault? I was able to lay back and watch the and Go, Oh, this is great. I'm, I'm laying back, watch the surprise. And then 10 minutes later, I turn over and she was asleep. And I had to sit up. for the rest <laughs> of this fucking show. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you, I think you, you, you should hire an attorney to
0: just find loopholes. <laughs> loopholes yeah. Ray, I've, uh, I've been tracking your brain. I yeah. think I found a couple loopholes right, for right. you. Here's what I think we need to do. And since That's, then, funny. That's and funny. Since
2: then, you know, I, I amend it uh, each time. But since then, I've, I've gotten rid of that. I go, like, I'll, the next bit I'll make, no sleeping in bed, and no loophole of leaning up. You know? <laughs> do you talk about this on stage at all? Do you talk about the mind beds on stage? I never did it on stage, and we never did it in Raymond. We we thought about doing it in Raymond, but there was it was a little bit too... It was too, too
4: esoteric and... Too twisty. You know. But
2: we did it in Men of a Certain Age. In Men of a Certain Age my character had a gambling problem and started doing the mind bets. We had one whole episode where he, he screwed his friends up. Because I've screwed my friends up. I've screwed their vacations up. Um, you know, uh, there'd be times we'd be going to with the writers of Raymond to wherever vacation, and I'd, and I'd blow a mind bet before I left, and I couldn't golf for like three days, and I'd tell the guys... Guys, don't bring your clubs. Be, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they go, "You son of a bitch!" Wait, wait, wait. Another
1: mind bet.
4: You see in the movie, he's in my bedroom on my bed. Like that's not joyful. Well,
2: what's
0: what's funny is to think about is like you're at the height. You know, like it's it's really you're in the sweet spot of the sitcom. It's season five. You know, you're huge, huge, huge comedy star. Uh, and you're in these crappy hotel rooms in Central Florida, sitting in a bathing suit on the floor of this <laughs> shitty hotel, just like I just gotta find something on television. Yeah. Are there any cookies over there? Yeah, I just yeah. want a cookie. I want some like cookies. it was just such a, it was just such keep a, in, a... it real.
4: Keep yeah. Real. Did you? But did, were you surprised though? Because a lot of people get mad. Like, well,
0: what did you really do? Did you go to clubs and you this or this? Like that is the life. Like, oh yeah, no. Else I mean, I right. just because I know what it is, and and there's no listen. As as much as you're like, I'm gonna lead a swanky lifestyle when i make it when you're performing in central florida you get you know you get the hampton inn or which is fine like it's totally yeah, great, great it's totally yeah. fine but it's not you know it's 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 yeah. definitely and i know it's very cliche to say like yeah it's not really an entertain it's not really uh an extravagant lifestyle it's it's really it's not it's it's not well it's not like a rock like oh there's a groupies and then you're in the limo and there's champagne
2: and yeah, all nice. really like
0: you just go back to your hotel with cre- creepy green carpet, and you know, and you know, you just try to find some cookies and just like make yourself happy we, a little we had bit. A,
2: we had a pretty decent hotel room, but just it still was horrible. They were that I had they didn't in, believe uh, in your room and watch TV. Well, that's
4: the annoying thing. Yeah. Is like I'm on my bed and I'm enjoying my life, and all of a sudden it's like, hey, what's going on? You know, and it's like I know what that means. That means. He's lost TV privileges. <laughs> and Well, dude, were you surprised when he really does ship his golf clubs back? Like, that's taking it to the nth degree. Yeah, because He's, he says he I can't.
2: golf for the rest of the week. Why am I carrying the clubs around? Yeah, no, we, we could have. Yeah,
4: because people are like, he didn't huh. really ship them. Like, there is nothing in that. Now, what, what about the water bottle scene where he, I don't know if you know. There, there's a oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: A, yeah, but I totally know he, he, there's a water bottle on the table, and he goes to pick it up, and it's already open, and it's that thing of like, the waitress uh, brought
2: it. Open, right, opened, yeah. Opened, and yeah. so
0: when you find an open bottle, which is so funny because, really, technically, you could just stick your face under a sink and drink out of it, but we've become so protected and like, oh, but that might have... Things yeah. in it, and someone else could have put. Well, the paranoia
4: is someone's put angel dust or some crazy <laughs> poisoning. Well, it's just like, not, you know, it's, no, it's, 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 not. It's it's
0: it's not. It's not that. It's For just anybody though. You if you have, if you're predisposed to like that kind of like you know slight OCD, which I think a lot of comedians have, it's that you find yourself in a situation where you don't have control over something. You don't have control over where that bottle was. You don't know right. where it was, and it's unnerving on a molecular level because you just like. It's not even the reality of what if someone put that in. It's just... That's I don't know in where that, that moment. Well, you see how pissed he is at me. Like, did you? Was yours open? I
4: think I don't know. How do you not know? Like, how do you not? Like, he's mad that I'm not <laughs> microanalyzing that. And then when I leave. By the way, you, you, you know, have you have you you've edited stuff, right? Sure. That everything is made in the edit room for a documentary, and that edited together so well. And people are like, "Oh, you plan... you know, like there's everything that happened in that movie is a hundred percent real, but it's made in editing. You're tweaking those moments, but that was real. The water bottle comes. He gets pissed. I leave. The waitress comes. He sells me out to the wait. You, totally. you know, is that. he's yeah, yeah. like, "Yeah, my friend here's a little paranoid, so whatever." And so, uh, it, it's funny because he comes. He he does. He he admits it right away as soon as I come back. You know, he's like. uh... So they open the water bottles for you, and the waitress thinks you're crazy. Why do they crazy. do that?
2: Why do they open a the bottle for
4: you? Yeah, they're just trying to help you out. I know, but like you can't. Twi- it is a. It's one of those things that really doesn't need to be done. Is anybody like,
0: hey, why aren't you drinking? I, you know, I couldn't open it. I didn't yeah. have. The I line. don't know. This just has a barrier at the top, yeah. and when I go tip it back, I, yeah. nothing comes My out. It's
4: still dry, and the water's lasting. Plus, this that is first
0: is click is very satisfying. Oh, I'm you curious. Get oh, you're yeah. getting a. That's a
4: different. Uh, by the way, did, uh, there's another scene where Ray? We're Keep out of Keep out
1: <laughs> of
0: there's
4: another. There's another scene where Ray. We're sitting there and like, Ray, don't you want to take like a million dollars? You know, we're sitting. At, which is one camera, by the way, and we're swinging back and forth. Like we're eating the peanuts in the room. Yeah. And you
0: see Ray kind of go click.
4: It's a little callback just to he, see like. Okay. okay good. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right.
1: Now.
4: We're
0: do you happy. feel like? Do you feel like? Uh, as because it's interesting because I mean I I think there's a certain part of comedic neurosis in your act, but I think people would view you as a relatively. You know, you seem kind your your demeanor is kind of laid back. Right. But do you feel that um you know a lot of the stuff like you said, oh we didn't want to get too esoteric or too do you do you have any desire to really talk about like how deep it goes?
2: Uh at some point. You know, maybe at some in my career. Yeah. Maybe, you know, f- uh the next you're talking about
0: on camera you're talking about I mean like in stand-up like exploring those exploring like really getting or do you think do you think that people that come to see you are like
2: how come he doesn't just do jokes about the you know yeah well yes, I my audience I can I can push it I can push it as much as I can and then there's a certain couple of things that my audience isn't expecting from me and even if it's funny and it, and it's funny with you guys and funny here I can't do it on stage and I can probably do more now you know as we get farther away from the show and I get older and all that but uh, it's like you know Brad Garrett I used to work with we used to uh, do Vegas together and they just know him as Robert from the show Yeah, and let me tell you he couldn't be further from that in real life Do you have you seen him do stand up? phenomenal stand up yeah he's, he's like Don Rickles he's boom he's whatever yeah. he's politically he pushes the envelope and everything and People are taken aback by him because they don't know; they, they they're not ready for that. They see Robert, so um, it's not a it's not a burden for me. But um, there are there have been a couple times where I've said, "Boy, I wish I could do that on stage. That would be funny to do on stage," you know. And maybe you know, I, I think when you get further away from what they they know you by, you maybe you can. Um, I don't I don't know. We'll find out. I mean, look, I'm running out of material, so I may have to go to the dirty stuff. There are rooms that yeah. you could do actually. If oh, you, yeah, if, if, alternative, you want, if you if yeah, you want to do alternative yeah, rooms, you yeah. could you could do all that stuff. And just to <laughs> just to, just to
0: satisfy that just That's to satisfy exactly that. Exactly what
2: I did. I was in when I was in Montreal at the comedy festival, uh, I don't know uh, I don't know what, seven years, eight years did ago. Did you do Kindler's show? Yeah, Kindler had a thing. And I just went to watch, and I said, please don't make me go up. Please don't make me go off. And they And in between one of the acts, he said, you've got you to do five minutes. I go, holy shit. <laughs> so I had to take out my thing and, and think of all the bits that I never could do on stage that I would try to do, and I did them up there. And, and of course, they killed.
0: Yeah, but when you're like, oh, maybe I. Yeah, uh, but then
2: uh, they kill in that environment. Yeah.
0: P.S. There's no yeah. money in alternative comedy, but but then yeah. you know, like maybe it's, it's fun. It's fun. Maybe yeah. it's just it's maybe yeah. it's just fun. Do you, and yeah. then sort of they kind of t- wrap it all up. Do you feel like, do you feel like that getting you know huge amounts of success does that reinforce the neurotic parts or do you feel like you you know even if you had just been working a regular uh, job, do you think you would have just been? Well,
2: I had a joke for this that I said on Letterman once was. You know, before before all this happened, I, I thought my cab driver hated me. And now I think my limo driver hates me. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> it's, it's relative. It's kind of all relative. But having said that, I don't know. Because, yeah, I went through some, some neurotic, uh, semi-heavy way, shit when I was before before stand-up and all that, you know. So I don't know if the... I, you, I think the, the good thing, the healthy part about this is... It's a, it's a great outlet, it's, it's, it's a passion for me, it's being creative, uh, you know, when the show, when Raymond ended, I thought, oh, this is going to be great, because I've been doing stand-up for 11 years before the show started, and now 9 more years of Raymond, 20 years I've been, I've been working every night almost, because before Raymond, I, I used to do stand-up every, in Manhattan, I used to do it every, almost every night. Now I got a little bit of this. I got some... Financially, I'm set. I can just kick back and let's let's see what happens. And let me tell you, after three months, I was in therapy two times a week. Not kidding you. It's just... um, I can't stay idle too much because I catch up with myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, 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 Yeah, I I, I like to work, and I need to work to feel feel right.
4: You know, off of that question about Ray... We were, uh, years ago, because their thought is, okay, you've made it now. Now is it potential? Because you don't have the normal money struggles anymore where you're like, okay, I have to do this. It's not like, oh, everything is possible, which means it could be a potential devil's workshop. Sure. You know, where you go crazy. But when Ray and I really first bonded for our friendship was like, uh, I was traveling through upstate New York with a ventriloquist, and I don't like to name drop it. <laughs> I but. should
2: have. Right away, you know. I, I, I,
4: I, I
0: hope you were also performing and not just... No, no, no. it's
4: just a vacation. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. So, uh, yeah, we're performing bad gigs, and we're doing a road tour, Utica, New York, and then to Berlin, to Vermont, all this stuff. And I call up Ray, because we're going to stop at the Montreal Comedy Festival, and I call up Ray in Queens just because we're friends, and I knew he had been there. So I'm like, Ray, where do you stay? Where do you stay when you're in Montreal? He's like, whatever it was, La Montrose or something. He's like I don't I'm know. He's like, you know, I'll be there at I'll be there at six, you know, and I'm like, what do you mean you'll be there at six? He's like, oh, I'm going to I'm flying there tonight, and so I said, oh, okay, so we meet there. We go to like Jimbo's uh, room. I don't know if you know Jimbo's room <laughs> in uh, um, Comedy, Works. Comedy Works in Montreal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And we meet there. It's me, Ray, John Peasy, this ventriloquist, and we hang out all night long. And then we leave the next day. We go to Burlington, Vermont, the, co- the whatever the club is. Who cares? And. My phone rings in a hotel room and it's Ray calling me cuz we had talked backstage about some neurotic stuff. And Ray was going through this, this kind of tough thing, you know, psycho- psychologically, and he, it's tough cuz you got to open up to somebody. And we had gone through this kind of same type of thing, and so we started talking a lot about that. And I'm thinking, okay, here's a guy, he just had twins. You're on a stand-up salary, which, you know, there's unknown, like, oh, please sure. let me have some gigs, yeah. you know, that are that are decent. And like, uh, it, it, it was a tough, trying time. I thought, okay, that has nothing to do with being famous. That Like, that has no bearing on... So I think the potential for any anxiety or any breakdown or anything like that is always there with any of us, you know? And I think it's with the end of Raymond, that story you told, you're getting done with such a creative output Uh, you know it's like when you do a show and it's done it's like you're like all right i have free time or whatever i think unless you're occupied and have something to focus on it's just such a Trap, especially when you're that's why I work. I think that
0: I think that's kind of why I work seven days a week. Well, I don't you, like I don't I hate free time. I took a two-week vacation and I I went a little crazy halfway through. Yeah. I'm like, I I don't feel connected. I'm not doing anything. What yeah. am I supposed to do with my hands? Like yeah, I, why just, yeah. I Why am
2: I here? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's all but, shit. It's all <laughs> shit.
0: <laughs> but the creative <clears throat>
4: juices, it keeps you focused. You know, yeah. it's like just it's it's you know, it's a good thing that you found something or you know, and it's torture,
2: by the way. Right? Like I want to write a screenplay. It's freaking torture writing, man. I hate it. <laughs> but it's. it's well, that that yeah. kind of thing,
0: too, is a very specific kind of writing. It's not like, yeah. oh, I'll just sit down, I'll write some jokes, uh, you know, like I, yeah, I, I yeah. can get out whenever I want. It, 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 write, joke writing for stand up feels very much like s- performing stand up versus other types of things which ha- have a very specific yes, structure yes. like you can take hard left and right turns with stand up when you have you when ray and i ray and i wrote the
4: season finale of the first year of raymond and we're used to just writing jokes just what you said it's fun and like oh what about this all right i'll do that bit and you're done and now you do it that so the, night that was whatever. the first
2: script we wrote was the season finale of season one of raymond we wrote Give it, it together reason, it yeah. was the first time i told phil and i told the writers i'm going to take this one with tom and we, we looked at that blank page. we I, I'm not kidding. Remember, there was one time Brad Garrett was in the kitchen, the character, and we had to get him out of the kitchen. <laughs> and it took like eight hours to figure out how to get him out of the kitchen.
4: <laughs> well, we went, it's called Why Are We Here? And we went into the That was the name of the show. I, right? Yeah, Why Are We Here? It was that episode, the finale. And, You kind of uh, from the outside, it's just like you're hosting a show. People, I could host a show. It's it's there's all this stuff that when you endow with your imagination, like many people, I could write a Raymond script. You know, Ray comes in, he fights with his wife, and that's it. It's like until you're sitting down there, and and it's such hard work to write. I mean, it's literally. But by the way, but
2: even but let's. Let's give it its uh, fair shake. It's also great when you write and you and you get something and you accomplish something. Yeah, that's a great feeling too. So I mean, it, I, I say it's torture, but uh, it's a torture that you you love to go well, through. Well, you get you know? a spark
4: yeah. of an idea to write the script, and that's like, oh, this is funny now. For like, I've enjoyed that's all funny the moment. details. Then it's all yeah. it's all other, the details. And then during the process of a multi-cam sitcom, like. Even rehearsal, you're like, oh, day three, this is the least funny shit ever written. Absolutely, the worst script ever written. Then the live audience comes in two days later, and then it comes alive again, mm. and you're like, so it's all these emotions. Well, up I think and that's, down.
0: I think that's where the stand up. Uh, I think that's sort of where the stand up gene kicks in is at a certain point you know, because you're being forced into this, it, you have you had this like, well, you gotta do a show either way, so you can fucking figure it out, or, you know, or you just have to figure it out. Right. You know that, you, or at least you hope that you develop this faith in yourself, of like, I don't know what I'm gonna say when the time comes, but I've done this enough, something is gonna kick into gear, and my brain's gonna figure it out when the time comes. But
4: that's the argument for, that's a great point, that's like the argument for using, stand. I'm not trying to tell anyone on stand-ups, because obviously it worked out in Ray's case, but When you see a stand up being put into a situation, you know the guy's gonna fall back in his instincts and at least have survival instincts of we'll make it funny. Right. You know, so in those situations, like when you have Ray who when we were doing the show, you could walk up to Ray with a joke and while we're filming and he would he would be like, Okay, instantly and then say it now, you know, three minutes later in front of live audience and kill with the joke. Like that skill, that inherent timing is is priceless. I, I honestly don't know why more stand ups don't get shows. or so you just go, well, okay.
2: they do. They get, they get, but there's only a
4: handful that have become well because
2: there's also There's other ingredients, though. You know, you, you they have to have a certain persona, also. They have to, well, you have, to have act, yeah, you have to be able to yeah. act.
4: <laughs> there's there's a lot. Yeah. Well, we know it's all the magic yeah. lightning in a bottle. Like this has to be the president, right. of the network has to believe in you. Then you yeah. have to have a good showrunner. All this shit has to happen.
0: Well, it was an absolute honor to have you on. Uh, nice. Thank you so much for coming on, thank Tom you. and Ray. And ninety five miles to go is is is, is the movie which, uh, which you can get on iTunes and and uh, can you, you
4: can't, get on iTunes? You can't, not yet. It, okay. The DVD just came out. The DVD just came out. So, came out,
0: so w- a, it's got two and a half hours of special features. So on where it. should people go to get the DVD?
4: I don't know. Okay. No, uh, Go Amazon, Amazon, Target, any place.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah, any
2: Thanks. place physical. Thanks, guys. Thanks it was, was fun. Awesome. It was a pleasure. I got 10 minutes and my mind bet's over. I got to get yes, to the course. quick, <laughs> get him out of here. Before the next mind bet. Yeah, all right, thank you, it. man. Fix it and post.
1: Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito.
0: This episode of the Nerdist Podcast is brought to you by GoToMyPC. Go to My PC. go to GoToMyPC.com, click the Try It Free button, and enter the promo code NERDIST.